Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, uh, James McLamb, and I'm joined this week by my favorite co-host, Abby Durham. How you doing, Abby? I'm doing great, James. How are you? I'm doing excellent. And today we're recording right after the beginning of the new year. So happy new year to you. Happy new year to you too. And our guest today, we're really excited about this guest, is Whitney Kinney. Now, Whitney is from Missouri, and she is a career and leadership coach from Missouri. And one of the things that excites her so much is really her passion for helping people find their purpose. And we really uh, are lucky to have someone who not only talks about the importance of purpose, but gives us some practical information on this. What was some of the things from our conversation today with Whitney that, that you got, uh, Abby? Not only am I about to go out and buy a journal, <laughs> but the most prolific thing I think that Whitney said during this was the, about the best advice she had gotten. And she said, don't mistake movement for progress. And I don't know, I'm still thinking about that and debriefing on what that truly means. But I think that that is the best thing that she, we could take away out of this episode. That was really a deep question that you'll see. And if you look down in the show notes, or if you look down in the video, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you'll see chapters on this particular video. And one of the chapters, if you click on it, will be best advice I got. And you'll want to click on that. Even if you don't uh, listen to anything else, you want to be able to hear that portion of the show. So Gen Z audience, two things. Number one, subscribe if you haven't already subscribed and share this episode with your friends and family. And number two, sit back, get your notepad out, be prepared to take notes as we have an opportunity to have a really good discussion on purpose, the power of reflecting to find your purpose, and how do you do those things practically with Miss Whitney Kinney. Let's go straight to the show. Hey, Whitney, welcome to the Gen Z Show. How are you doing today? Thanks, James. It's great to be here with you. I'm doing great. How are you all doing? Well, we're doing well. Uh, when we're recording this for our audience, it's, it is just after the new year has started. So 2021 is officially kicked off and we're super excited about that. And we're super excited that you're the first guest that we've had uh, that we've recorded uh, in, in 2021. So thank you for being our guest. Yes. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you for that. So our audience may not know uh, who you are. Tell them a little bit about you and about your passions and, and what really drives you and, and, and what you do uh, that, that gets you up and gets you excited in the morning. Thank you. So um, my name is Whitney. I am speaking to you today from Missouri, uh, from where, right where I grew up, actually. And um, I attended the University of Missouri in Columbia and studied agricultural journalism. So Abby, we share a similarity in our um, ag communications experience and education. Uh, the whole time I was getting my journalism degree, I knew that I wanted to help tell the story of agriculture and I wanted to help the people involved in the industry. And so as a college student, I thought that meant 
I would get into a public relations and marketing career, and I would um, be helping farmers and ranchers educate the public about how food is raised and produced on farms around the country. And I did that for a few years. I was the director of consumer outreach with the Missouri Beef Industry Council for several years. And um, there was a point in my career that I realized I needed a transition. I was working really hard and I was striving and I was trying to prove myself and I was um, really experiencing perfectionism and comparisons and just trying my hardest to um, create value in the work that I was doing and I was getting a little burnt out by it. At the same time, the way life works, um, a former mentor of mine and boss contacted me and told me about an opportunity to join her team. And it was with the Career Services Office at the College of Ag, Food and Natural Resources at Mizzou which is where I had gone to school. I had done an internship with this team uh, for three years in college where I was helping students prepare their resumes and learn how to use LinkedIn and do interviews successfully and land jobs. And so my mentor essentially recruited me into a position where I could be the assistant director and do this kind of work full time. And so um, it was the right time for me personally and professionally. And so I really took that PR and marketing uh, focus that I had at the Beef Council. You might be familiar with Beef It's What's For Dinner. Um, those are the types of campaigns that we were working on with influencers and helping people get excited about including beef as part of their protein for their family. And so I was able to take that promotion and marketing and journalism communications piece and tailor that to a student audience on campus where I was essentially providing career services for them. You know, fast forward about three years, um, some changes happened personally. I became a mom and um, my values started to reorient a little bit. And so um, that very young professional that I was trying to work long hours and stay at the office as long as I could and do as much as I could developing projects now had a different focus. And so I transitioned um, to be full time at home with our daughter um, when she was about a year old. And since then, she's five, she's in kindergarten today, and I run my own business. I am a career and leadership coach using the um, framework of all that I learned when I was supporting students on campus. Now I can support students like you, and I can also support professionals who are 20, even 30 years into their um, career and everywhere in between. So that's where I'm at. You asked me um, specifically what gets me excited, what gets me up in the mornings to work on these things and really it's a sense of purpose that I have found and I know that's a common theme that you've had with lots of your guests but I don't think we can talk about it enough um, as we establish career goals and ideas and so um, helping other people find purpose and recognizing my belief as a coach and as a leader is that each of us you who are watching this we are all created on purpose for a purpose. And so my job as a coach is to help people identify that purpose and then lean into it and successfully go down that path to live out your purpose in your career and your personal life. I really love that. But 
how do you help folks find their purpose? We, we've, we've discussed that a lot about people wanting to find, you know, find their purpose in living life on purpose, living life intentionally was a theme that we had on one of our shows, but it seems like the youth are struggling to find their purpose. Uh, at least in my experience, and maybe you could say this as well, it seems like so many of them feel like someone else is telling them what their purpose is. Mom and dad are saying, hey, this is your purpose. Teachers saying, this is your purpose. When they get to that college time or, or right after high school, they got to start thinking, you know, what is my purpose in life and how is that going to affect my career? So how do you help them find their purpose? I love this question and I'm going to unpack it kind of in stair steps. So um, let's start first with um, what I try to stress with my clients and educate them and empower them to do is to be self-reflective. And so um, the questions that you're asking now, the questions that you've asked from other guests that you've had on the show, asking the questions is what matters. So to find your purpose, you have to be asking yourself questions and you have to build that into the rhythm of, um, it can be daily, weekly, certainly monthly, uh, because what can happen is uh, at the end of a career, we know lots of stories of people who get to the end of their career and think, did I really want to be doing that with my life? And they've invested hours, days, weeks, years, decades of time into something without actually having asked questions. So um, finding what sparks joy in you, finding what makes you excited to get up and do the work, because um, I'll kind of jump to your point about how teachers and parents and family members, even friends, faculty members, everyone in your life has opinions, <laughs> but only you are the one who will walk into your office every day and sit down and do the work. So you have to ask those questions of yourself because no one else is going to show up at your office and do your job for you. So you have to feel good about the decision that you're making to do the work. And I think the trap I fell into, so I share it with you. Um, when I was probably, you know, graduating as a college student, I thought that I would be I accepted a job that I thought was considered my dream job. And now I realize dream jobs don't exist because life is life. And so there are good days and there are days that have challenges. And so we have to have a proper perspective on what a job entails. Um, and we wanna find a job that we love 75% of the time, right? So. Um, it's not about perfection, but it's about perspective on what is a majority of a good fit for you. I hope that that answers your question. Um, and I mentioned that I will create um, a handout, uh, a guide for your student audience. So um, you can find that link, you can include it in the show notes. And um, that first page of the guide will have self-reflection questions that you can um, think about an answer and it might just be a page that you go back to monthly to make sure that you are in alignment with really what your purpose needs to be and also recognize um, that your purpose now might shift 
and don't be afraid of that. If two to three years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now, you're in a different season and your purpose is defined differently. How do they react to when it does define differently? I mean, that might throw some people completely out of their loop. You know, I thought I was meant to do this and now I'm feeling life is changing everything. Yes. So um, a lot of clients that I work with and just people in general will talk about feeling stuck. Mm. So if they aren't self-reflecting, they might feel stuck or that they've invested so far into something that they can't see a way to pivot. And so that's the next piece is um, if you're reflecting and you recognize you need a change, you start to identify what your values are and how you can align with those values to be able to pivot in a different direction. One of my favorite things um, is to use post-it notes um, as an activity. So um, I did this 10 years ago when I was entering my first career change. I think this is something that's really important for you to think about because um, traditionally there haven't been a lot of resources for young professionals who are in their first position and making that first career change out of their first role. Um, You've been given lots of resources as high school and college students. You have career services available to you on campus, but then you're out three or four years after graduation and you think, "I, I need something different. I'm stuck. What am I going to do? So regardless of where you find yourself now or in the future, I love to use post-it notes because I will just write one word or one phrase on each post-it note and start sticking them on a blank wall in my office, my house, anywhere that you can start to organize things. And what I want you to do is simply write down things that energize you. So when I was doing this, I actually have my post-it notes um, in my desk drawer and every so often I look through those to make sure that I'm still aligned and still doing everything daily that I cared about. And if there are things that need to be removed, I can just easily take those away and recognize they're not for my season currently. But with clients, I just will have them write things down. So if they want to interact with people or they want to be encouraging or they want to be a leader and manage a team or they want to specifically work in the food industry, um, if they want to go to grad school or law school, Abby, all of these things starting to just identify what's important to them, the kind of work, the kind of actual day-to-day interactions they might have. And then I like to start to cluster them or put them in order. Whatever, however your brain works in seeing these different things. Some people this might feel really too messy for, and so you might feel more comfortable with an Excel file and starting to organize it more um, precisely like data. But I just like to start to sort them out to where I can see what's most important kind of brings itself either to the top or to a specific category. And then I know what direction to take because I think sometimes, especially for high achieving leaders, we get really overwhelmed wanting to do all of the things. I found myself, I would go to my advisors frequently and say, hey, I have this idea and this is what I want to do. And bless them for being really understanding and good listeners because they never looked at me and said, you need to settle down. Instead, they came alongside me and they were excited about my goals. But 
now I feel like it's really important that I have this framework to be able to walk through all of the opportunities. And I know one of the conversations that you all have had um, a lot is how to say yes to an opportunity that's for you, how to say no to an opportunity that's not for you. And that's something that has really served me well. Uh, I have a person I follow who she has a yes list and a no list. And every year she makes her list of what she's going to say yes to and what she's going to say no to. She's a speaker. And so she has to say no to specific invitations to speak. And um, that serves her well. So find your system. It doesn't have to be um, pretty or well crafted. It has to work for you is the bottom line. Great advice. Yeah. So in thinking about how we identify ourselves and keeping us on what you had kind of to as our true self, how do you think that, or what are some good ways, I guess is a better way to phrase it, to make sure that we're checking in with ourselves? I mean, you talked about the post-its and how making sure that what we're doing, we're constantly being self-reflective, but what are some other ways that you found that you can intentionally be self-reflective in just your everyday tasks? I love that question. So, um, and I mentioned that I've walked the life of being stressed and tense and working to prove myself and working to put out really good products and I'm actively fighting perfectionism every day, right? And so um, I like that you use the word identity um, because really the root of that for me is recognizing every day what my identity is rooted in. And so it's making a point of um, looking outside myself and seeing that my identity isn't in my title or my role or my responsibility. Um, for me, my identity is very much connected to my faith. And so um, I, for years, when I was growing up specifically, we, I'd go to a leadership conference and we'd write down our values. And so, you know, what, what did those look like for me? Faith, family, friends, school, leadership. Okay. But if I wrote faith at the top, I remember sitting at that table multiple times and thinking, how am I actually living out that value? And so I share that just because it's something that really is convicting to me because I spent several years striving to be um, really successful by the world's terms, but I wasn't actually spending time where my values um, aligned, where I said they aligned and where I honestly wanted them to align. So um, what I think is important back to my post-it notes. Um, I make notes for myself on my bathroom mirror because I'm going to look at it at least twice a day. And I also make notes for myself at my refrigerator. Sometimes in certain seasons of life when I was a college student, I would make notes for myself like on my dashboard of my car. I've used my cell phone to put notes, um, specific things on my lock screen to be visual reminders. And I really believe in the power of visual reminders. So if we want to have, you asked about daily check-ins, how can we go about our daily tasks and check in on what our true self is? I think we identify with 
our self-reflection, what our true self is, what we want our focus to be, and then we plant those visual reminders around us so that we are constantly seeing them. Um, you can also, I mean, we, most of us are living by a planner or a um, digital calendar of some sort. And so what gets scheduled gets done. I think that's a Michael Hyatt quote. Um, build in that Sunday night, every Sunday night at 730, you are going to have a 20 minute time to journal or to just sit maybe with a cup of coffee or tea or something and just sit and reflect, but build that into your rhythms so that you're able to um, constantly be thinking about what's important to you. Off top, well, not really off topic, but you just hit on something that excited me when you said about journaling. Um, uh -huh. Obviously that's something that for you to speak on that, that you do as well. I really have been trying to push this concept of journaling to this younger audience and oh, writing, I gotta write, I don't wanna write. Could you speak to the value that you have received from journaling yeah. and as it relates to what we've been talking about? I can. So um, one of the biggest breakthroughs I've had with journaling is the fact that I don't hold myself to a standard. Ooh. So I just told you that you don't have to have a really pretty magnificent process. This isn't about crafting something that is worthy of an Instagram post. Okay. This is about, um, I'm digging through one of my journals to see if I can show you. Um, so I, some people really like a set system and if that's you that's great go for it you're probably already journaling if you really like answering the same five questions every single day or you've found a journal that works for you i honestly prefer just a blank notebook where i can use different colored pens and on this day i wrote five lines it looks like the next few days i wrote lots of lines I might be making notes of key places I wanna keep reading. I use bullets, I use arrows, I use little side notes. I mean, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be pretty. This is just for you. But journaling and physically writing things is um, one of the best ways to process. Uh, and what I find is there are a lot of times that we have things um, that we're going through that we feel a need to process. And so sometimes we do that face to face with a friend. Um, sometimes we don't have that opportunity. And so it might be something we start to process publicly um, through Facebook or Instagram content that maybe isn't meant for public viewing. And so the reason I like a journal is because it gives you a safe protected place to start processing where it's not necessary to be public information. Um, so my advice is find something that inspires you. I like pretty notebooks. You know, we all have a favorite pin, right? So um, find, it's, it's similar to starting an exercise routine. We're not gonna go to the gym and lift weights if we don't like to go to the gym and lift weights. If we like to go for a walk and be outside for an hour, that should be how we approach it. So, and I shouldn't say should, I don't like to say should because I don't ever want to put pressure on anyone to do something out of obligation. Um, but if you treat 
your goals um, through the lens of what actually works for you and what serves you well, you will start a habit that will be a continual habit. Well, I got one follow-up on that, and then I don't want to cut Abby off. Um, I've noticed on journaling that it is more, it is much more difficult to convince guys, the boys, to journal. So we've got some young listeners that are 17, 18, 19, and they're like, are you kidding? I'm not going to do the little pretty notebook or write in that kind of stuff. Give them a piece of advice to kind of get them off the couch and, and, and let them know that this is – this is for them as well. Absolutely. So I think for men specifically, um, not to generalize or stereotype too much, but there is certainly research um, that tells us that males are more likely to process internally than females. So there's even more of a need for processing through writing because you're probably, maybe, maybe this is, um, a stereotype, but you might not already be um, processing through and self-reflecting with someone else. And so a journal is essentially just a practice, just like going to the gym would be, or eating three healthy meals a day, or drinking all your water. And it doesn't have to be big. So I told you, you don't have to have like a fancy process. You could also just set your alarm for five minutes and start writing out What's on your mind? What are you feeling right now? Um, what are your hopes for the week? And you could also focus it on your goals. And so what's your focus for the week? And um, start to break down some of those things because I guarantee you it will help you um, mentally be prepared for whatever it is that you want to accomplish. And I know that your audience is high achieving. And so I think when you can connect the um, power of processing to the potential for growth um, and reaching of goals that's really powerful i kind of want to shift gears a little bit but yeah. not too far off the beaten path a question i love to ask when i'm doing these interviews with james is what is the best advice you've received i love to hear all these different perspectives and frequently my pencil does not stop moving <laughs> So I love this question and honestly have to tell you that when I received this advice, I did not love hearing it. Um, but in retrospect, I see, I mean, of course there was good intention behind it, but there was also really great wisdom. And um, so I was doing an internship, probably my sophomore or junior year of college, and I was very involved. Um, I was a yes person, and I still am. I have to remind myself that no is a complete sentence and that I can say no without explaining myself. And there are good opportunities that are not good for me. Um, but at this certain point in time, I was probably 20, um, I had a mentor who was also my boss at the internship and we were working on a project together and it was a really great opportunity. Um, Abby, I was actually working for um, a senator here in the state. And so we were working on a project uh, to help with that senator's campaign. And um, so it was good downtime. We were just having good conversation as we were working on this project. And my um, boss, who I respect a lot, um, looked at me and we were just, talking about opportunities that I was involved in and the leadership roles I was in. And he said, I um, really 
see all that you're doing. And I just want you to make sure you don't mistake movement for progress. And I, like I said, it wasn't like I was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for saying that. It really took me back because um, at that point, I was still very much finding my identity in the titles and the responsibilities and the roles and the organizations I was involved in. And so to me, I didn't know what to do with that advice, honestly, because I thought, but this is who I am. Um, and now in the season I'm in now, I can certainly appreciate that because I was doing so much to stay busy and active and engaged that I was probably spreading myself too thin as a lot of us have experienced. And I wasn't actually making the progress towards the purpose that we've been talking about. If once I did proper self-reflection, I would have been able to identify that I was very much in a um, frenetic movement of student leadership and not in a um, healthy progression towards the goals that I had for the future. So um, sometimes the best advice we get is not necessarily advice that we wanted to be told. <laughs> Abby, you going to heed that advice or are you just going to let it go? Uh, yeah, I wrote that down. I, was, <laughs> I relate to that a lot. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, and you know, um, one thing that has come since then is sometimes we have to say no to things we're already involved in. So it's one thing for someone to say, no, I'm sorry. Thanks for thinking of me. Think of me next time and maybe it will be a different option. Um, but when we're in a season where we have a commitment already and it's either we aren't serving it well or it's not serving us well or it just doesn't align and it's time to gracefully bow out, that's a really big, important lesson to learn too. And I'm not saying that's you, Abby, but um, a couple of years ago I had that scenario happen to me in my post-college adult life. and. Um, you can gracefully um, survive doing that. Even if at 20, 22, even 25, it feels like that would be the worst thing ever. It actually um, gives you a lot of freedom and a lot of relief and peace because I've been involved in a lot of things where I thought, why did I ever say yes? And then it's a begrudging situation um, that actually the um, maybe the leadership choice is to um, find an alternative. You know, you can relate that back to what you said earlier, too, about your purpose changing. Mm -hmm. When you said yes, initially, that might have been what your purpose was at this particular season of your life. But as things have changed or situation has changed, or maybe you've just grown beyond or, or not beyond, that's not a good word, uh, grown in a different direction. Uh, right. that, that it's, it's time to gracefully say, I need to bow out and move on. Uh, yes. And that. I've got, I've got two things for that. Um, the first one is I was driving yesterday and it was really foggy where we live. And so as I was driving my car, I could probably only see maybe 50 to a hundred yards in front of me, which is totally different than the normal commute that I experienced. And as I was driving, I was thinking, this is a lot like our career path or just life in general, right? We are going in this direction, but we're not really sure what's ahead. And we're not sure the changes that are to come. 
And so um, none of us have a crystal ball to see past what may be foggy right now, but when we get into the next few yards, we're going to make decisions based on what we see. And so you're absolutely right. When seasons change, that path may look different than we once expected it. And that sounds scary right now. I totally understand that. But what I want you to know from where I sit is there's a lot of joy to be found in that journey because there's excitement and there's opportunity. And I'm an Enneagram seven, which means I have a huge fear of missing out. So I really want to take on all that comes to me, but I never know if saying yes is actually taking me away from something better that's ahead. So that's where the self-reflection and really knowing who you are and being rooted in your identity beyond what a title or significance or responsibility it's going to bring you is so important um, because it it does get more complicated as um, life progresses if there begin to be other people who are also part of your sphere of decisions. Um, so that's really all I had there. Sorry. <laughs> that sounds very close to uh, one of Mr. Ziegler's quotes, and I'm just going to paraphrase it because I don't remember it exactly. And, and it's dealing with goal setting where he says, just to go as far as you can see. And when you get there, you'll be able to see farther. Yes. Um, I don't yes. know exactly the verbiage of how that's word, but it's, that's the essence of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we, one of the things that we talked about and, and to bring it all back in the circle is when we talk about finding purpose, you, you're really encouraging folks to go in deep self-reflection, to reflect on where they are, asking themselves the deeper questions. And one of the tools that we found during our discussion today was the power of journaling. Uh, to be able to find that reflection and that purpose. I really, really, really like that. Abby, you got anything uh, that you want to add before we close up here? Just that I'm probably going to go buy a new journal today. <laughs> I am very bad about self-reflecting and making the time for to let me be with just myself and my own thoughts. Most of the time because I don't want to be with my own thoughts because it, it's overwhelming. I very much get... Um, in that high achieving perfectionist mode and I'm doing things for others and I frequently forget to do things for myself or forget why I'm doing it in the first place, whether it be for others, but why, where my values are. And so um, definitely need to get back into the practice of that. And this, this conversation definitely reminded me of that. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that, Abby. And, you know, you mentioned being overwhelmed when you're with your own thoughts and actually being able to reflect on your own ideas and what's happening. Um, I didn't mention this with the journal, but I have found, especially in 2020, the value of a brain map, which is essentially all that post-it note organizing yes. is. Um, but the brain map on just a sheet of paper, um, if you find yourself overwhelmed, um, just writing down, first of all, the feeling you're having, and then writing out um, from that feeling, what's causing those feelings, um, and then identifying beyond what's causing them, what you have control over and what your next step can be. Um, I ask my clients two things, what's the next right step and what's important now? And I think that those apply to our everyday, well, it's been a crazy day and I'm really spinning, do the brain map. Or it also applies to, 
Abby's got a new journal and I'm just going to sit down with a brain map because this is who Abby is right now. And you can start to flesh out what are all of those different commitments and responsibilities that you have and how can, how are they serving you? How are you serving them? And how do they align for you? So just a pitch for the brain map process. I love that plan. Whitney, if, if our audience wanted to connect with you and find out more about what you do and maybe learn a little bit more about what you discussed today regarding purpose, how do they find you? Where can they connect with you? Awesome. So I want everyone to um, find me on LinkedIn, Whitney Kinney, and um, you can also find me on Instagram or Facebook or my website, WhitneyKinney.com. But definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Send me practice sending a customized message that says, hey, I heard you on the Gen Z show, looking forward to connect. If you heard anything that you have questions about, write that in the LinkedIn connection message and I will be sure to get back with you. Um, we didn't talk about this, but because I'm gonna put together a career success guide for anyone who's listening to the show, I'm gonna include informational interview, step-by-step um, -step process, scripts you can use, potential questions, because we reflect a lot within ourselves, but then it's also our job to go out and um, do the research of what career options exist in the world. And so um, I wanna be able to provide you with those things you can um, initiate those informational interviews on LinkedIn too. So that's where to find me, but I look forward to um, connecting with all of you on LinkedIn. And we'll make sure that in the show notes, and if you are viewing this, you look down, uh, that we'll have links to uh, your website and Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook as well uh, in the show notes. You guys can click on it really easily uh, down there. Uh, Whitney, thank you for, for joining us today and, and giving us some some really pr practical ways as well of how to reflect so that we can find our purpose. I think we've talked about purpose in other other interviews, but sometimes it's we kind of talk about it from a higher level and don't really get down to, okay, how do I do it? You know, how okay. do I do it? So I, I really appreciate that, and I know our audience does as well. So thank you uh, for joining us today. Yes, thank you, Abby and James. It's been a pleasure to talk. And thank you, Gen Z audience, uh, for joining us. And make sure you should subscribe and share uh, this episode with your friends. See you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. And follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.